Welcome, everybody. It's the Film Pigs Podcast, number one. Woo! The internet's first podcast about movies. I can't believe no one's thought of this before. We're geniuses! I'm Stephen Falk, this week's host. I'm Stephen Skelton, not a host. And I am television's Todd Robert Anderson. Host to many parasites. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Uh, so I, am, I am itchy. <laughs> so welcome. Yeah, so we are uh, we are the Film Pigs, and we are going to be discussing movies and movie news, uh, all centered around a theme each week, uh, which we will uh, discuss further later. But um, as we're going to do uh, every week, we're going to start off with a little movie news. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> it's a, something really important is about to happen. I feel like Tom Brokaw. I think John Tesh just ran through with a breaking story. You kind of smell like Tom Brokaw. Do I? Todd, you have a movie news item you'd like to discuss this week. <laughs> yes, this is exciting news. I read this in my uh, Variety app on my iPhone today. <laughs> <laughs> Regal Cinemas is adding... 1,500 3D movie screens into their chains this year. Oh, thank and I, God. I think that's very exciting because I've also been reading uh, Ro- 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 Roger Ebert, Robert Ebert, Ebert's, you know, Ebert, that guy. Yeah. His, uh, con- he hates 3D. So yeah. I, was, I thought this would be a nice discussion. The 3D thing. Is, is this a huge mistake that Regal is adding this or do you think it will be lucrative in the long run? Uh... <laughs> Uh, I, <laughs> for Regal Cinemas, it's I don't know Regal Cinemas, but yeah, I think uh, well, there's one up the street from me. I mean, 3D is obviously, um, obviously something that the you know the theater owners are, are freaking out because no one's going to the movies, as they say, blah blah blah, and they need something to separate it from home viewing. Um, even though the big thing at um at what CES was it's like 3D TVs was 3D home, TVs. Yeah. Which, you know, now doctors are saying it's not good for you and it's going to bust your eyes out and you have yeah, to stand right in front of it. Destroy to your brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what I think 3D is garbage, but maybe there's some value to it. I don't know. I feel like, like it's hard to know. Are we just the guys talking about, oh, the talkies are never going to last? But it seems like, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like 3D, I don't think. I mean, it's another one of those, I mean, 3D's been here before, and it's come back again, and really the only movie that's done it arguably right is Avatar. I mean, you. is there... Yeah, no, I'm, no I'm not saying the movie's good. I'm saying technically the 3D was done right on Avatar, and every other movie is, you know, less than 10% of the 3D Avatar was technically. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's why, saying. like, Clash of the Titans is a, was a shitty conversion, and it looked like crap. And I mean, well, there's. De- I mean, I've seen multiple movies at this point mm-hmm. that were shot in 3D, and they look significantly better than the right. ones that are converted. But even, it, but, if, even if the ones that are converted, yeah. they knew they were going to convert, which is one yeah. of the things they say. Yeah. Like Piranha. But the 3D studios was, are knowing that. I mean, a, a, a big factor in this 3D thing is a new re- revenue stream that's suddenly opening up to the studios, and that's taking old movies converting them and re-releasing them. Yeah. Like the entire Star Wars, all six movies are going to be um, and Titanic. into, into and Titanic. 3D. Yeah. And yeah, certainly, the, and... certainly they're probably going to go back in a few years and do all the Harry Potters again. Oh, hell 3D. yeah. Um, it's just yeah, another for... revenue stream. Um, so they like it. It's not going to go anywhere. And I imagine the, you know, like any innovation, the younger viewers are going to just adopt it as de rigueur. It's what they're used to. Um, the one thing I think they're going to have to change is the ticket price. 
I think they went too high. Oh, too it's gonna, have to, yeah, gonna yeah. have to come down, yeah, because it's it's a it's a it's a uh, like a premium now. But you know, more and more, the more 3D movies that come out, the more and more people yeah. are gonna go. Why am I paying more for this? Although I will say, uh, you know, as as much trouble as uh, my five year old has had uh, with giant 3D with glasses huge, like, falling off his head and getting his glasses, fingerprints yeah. all over the thing, he generally, when we're going to the movies, he generally asks, "Well, is it in 3D?" And he, as a, he, like, he wants that. Yeah, yeah. he, he oh, would, he, he, he'd prefer to see it in 3D. You got to send that kid because, to home because, well, he's got a giant TV at home that's not in 3D. Right. So yeah. that actually is something that make, is interesting to him. Um. Uh. Yeah. 3D. I think unfortunately it's it's around. And we're gonna have to get used to it. Skelton, did you have a news item? Yeah. Um. Uh. In uh, shocking news. Shocking. Shocking. Film news, shocking film news. Uh. The the <clears throat> Hobbit filming has been delayed. Uh-oh. Uh, what? Yeah, no. I know. That's impossible. Yet again, due to due to Peter Jackson having surgery for a perforated ulcer, which I'm sure has nothing to do with the production of the Hobbit. Nothing. It was probably because uh, he was hanging out with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Something. It's probably because he hasn't eaten any food <laughs> for seven years. I mean, that's just like like this whole like a whole Hobbit production. Yeah. I think is awesome. It's like Poltergeist. <laughs> Soon they're gonna start dying off. <laughs> well, it's like I said. I tell Todd earlier. It's like it's the it's the it's the it's Gilliam's Don Quixote of Tolkien movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, I don't think it's ever actually going to get made. Uh, well, get get better, pal. Um, so the Academy uh, Award nominations came out this year. Mm-hmm. What? Um, I don't the, know. What's uh, the, what? The, the one big sort of you know everyone kind of bitches about snubs and weird inclusions, and the one snub that people have been talking about, is, besides the town basically being shut out for everything by Winter's Bone, uh, stole its slot. Allegedly, um, which I'm aren't happy there ten for. slots? Yeah, but but there's only one for the two of them. You didn't read the bylines? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't keep up on my Academy Award stuff. I, but um, but is Chris Nolan not getting nominated for for Inception for oh. Best Director, whereas the movie got like eight nominations or something? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I'm I'm not sure why that is. Maybe he's considered a popcorn director, and people don't take him as seriously as is, like is Inception and, nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Oh, but not best that director. See, that, that, doesn't that, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I really, for me, the Academy Awards really hold no water as far as quality is concerned. But that doesn't make sense. If you if if something's a best picture, then you kind of have to give. Yeah. I mean, I, that I mean, has got never made any best sense screenplay to nomination, but not a uh, best director. It's <clears> kind of weird. Maybe it pissed people off. I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. Um, well, but I think there's also that thing of if if you know it's like well we need to give best director to this guy even though we're not giving him best. It's like they want to spread the love so they can't give it to everything to everybody you know what i'm saying what do you guys think about uh the hosts of this year year's oscar it's jackman again right no no it's uh it's james franco and james Anne Hathaway. Franco and Anne oh Hathaway. Yeah. wait what was what did i just read the look about? of confusion on your face because uh, i just read are... something about jackman he's gonna be Jackman's presenter. presenting oh it's presenting so, so he's presenting. back okay. but uh, and he'll probably uh, do a delightful like little uh, joke like, or a song uh, and dance yeah, oh i hope he does a song and dance oh that would be he is delightful no he's he's delightful but it's weird i was looking up the last 10 years the hosts um you know varying quality obviously but except for hugh jackman all been comedians will be goldberg steve martin yeah, Billy yeah. crystal chris rock john stewart ellen generous alec baldwin and steve martin and uh with jackman in the, in the middle there and now uh anne hathaway and james franco although james franco is kind of a weirdo and he's i like weird. him he's not funny though. no no that's i mean the... But he has been funny. I mean, he was he was funny in Pineapple. He he had a funny cameo in uh, the Green Hornet. I thought he was funny as uh, Gobby's uh, son, all angry. You killed my dad. 
It's true. I mean, I think he's funny. I have no idea if he can be stand-up funny. That that's the trick. I mean, to I, 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 no, I, I I predict that it he will be awkwardly weird. But they're I know, clearly, I, mean, I know I'm going out on a limb. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly steering. I mean, especially now. I mean, obviously this it's not as a, a result of the Golden Globes and the Gervais fallout, but you know the Academy Awards has moved away severely from snarky hosts. Yeah, because yeah. the celebrities get all sad, and then the you know the lovers get all sad, and the haters yeah. get happy, and that makes the stars sad. And it's just tough being a star. It's tough being a star. It's horrible. Yeah, and if, and if to be to be, if to you're mean, being not a, only are you that rich, and going to an event where you're being universally praised, right? But then when then someone you, makes somebody fun of you, might make us like a silly joke. But occasionally they do run out of the dessert with the gold shavings. If well, you that's don't show up for the. That's you know, bullshit. That's when you fucking go over to Wolfgang yeah. Puck and just punch him in the face. Yeah, in and German you just say, face. and you just go, "I'm I'm a star. I'm a celebrity. Give me my gold shavings. <laughs> just shave it into my mouth, Wolfgang." <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on to the uh, the the theme that we're going to be discussing this week in the <clears throat> inaugural uh, Film Picks podcast is. Um, is 80s teen comedies a subject that is near to my heart and um, versus today's teen comedies. Uh, now, the whole thing may be, uh, we may be operating under a flawed concept for this first one, which is a great way to start it off and a great, uh, a great thing to be setting out. But it, 80s movie, teen movies, teen comedies, uh, to me, seem to be far superior than 90s and, uh, and 2000s. And we don't know about this decade yet. But um, is it pure nostalgia? And we'll, we'll sort of be discussing this. Or is there something true to it? Um, for me, what's great about 80s uh, teen comedies are the strong, real human motivation that a lot of them tend to have, the good ones. Uh, they, they balance the silliness and the heart pretty well. They manage that balance. There's memorable comedic characters, which uh, it doesn't figure as much in 90s and, and, and 2000s. And also tits. Uh, even in PG movies, tits. Oh, um, I like tits. You know the list. Uh, there's the John Hughes canon. Um, there's the Savage Steve Holland Holland slash oh, John yeah. Cusack canon mm -hmm. from Sure Thing. Say anything better off <laughs> dead. One Crazy Summer. There's your Fast Times. There's your Adventures in Babysitting that, that the ladies tend to like. Risky Business, Goonies, Gremlins, which sort of tread the line to to uh, adventure. Um, Heather's. Mm. Uh, there's just a, a lot of really good ones that have been evergreen and lasted a lot longer than I think some of the new ones. Now, when you look at the 90s, it's a fucking weak decade. Uh, Days of Confusing Clueless were two that were really good. Mm -hmm. um, but most of them is just weak shit, like Never Been Kissed, 10 Things I Hate About You, mm. uh, American Pie, uh, She's All That, <clears throat> Can't Hardly Wait. And those tended to be retreads of John Hughes movies, just weaker facsimiles trying to keep that that like recapture that magic with, like Shakespeare yes <laughs> meshed with Shakespeare <laughs> and then in the 2000s I think just looking at what they had there there were a lot less Hughes ripoffs and more experimentation to varying degrees of success um like uh Napoleon Dynamite and mm. Mean Girls um and Juno and Superbad and now Easy A just came out which right. which it feels more like a 90s movies to me um but you know we, I saw some of those movies, but I don't remember characters from them. But whereas I do Chet in Weird Science, oh, Long yeah. Duck Dong, uh, the Paperboy in uh, in Better Off Dead, I Want My Two Dollars, yeah. fucking Principal Rooney and Ferris Bueller, 
um, Farmer Ted and Sixteen Candles, yeah. just all really iconic, strong characters. Um, secondly, motivation. Um, in Sixteen Candles, it, it's very it tends to be very simple and clean, and John Hughes and 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 the like treated um, teens' dilemmas with seriousness, along with the that balanced out the humor. Mm. Um, and the motivation tended to be very strong and clean. Sixteen Candles, a girl struggles um, not to be invisible to her family and to the boy she loves. Ferris Bueller, kid tries to, tries to show his depressed depressed best friend the best day of his life. Mm. You know, weird science. Two picked on nerds and met a girl who can help them be popular. Um, uh, better off dead, a depressed guy tries to win his girlfriend back and inadvertently falls in love with the uh, foreign exchange student. And in all of those, there's a really kind of a longing and a and a depression that is a common thread um, that really captures what it means to be a teen. Um, and so, sort of, I, I I don't know if it's just a question. Is it just John Hughes? If you take him out, do the '80s balance out with the '90s and and the 2000s? Um, is it real or is it maybe just a function of nostalgia? Do you guys have thoughts on that? Well, no, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the, the, you know, I mean, the point you made about like just first, like really like memorable characters that while, you know, on, in in a broad sense may have fit a certain type Mm -hmm. were very relatable individual human beings, like, you know, that, that you could, that you could relate to. And understand kind of what their motivations were and what their and what their problems were. That that especially in the Hugh, in Hughes movies, that was the core of all the stories. It was all motivated from that, motivated from character. you know the character and and you know usually some form of alienation that the team was feeling. Right. And you know as as we get into the nineties and you know the aughts. Uh, with with teen movies that were like big studio you know productions it becomes more about kind of the generic plot yeah and the characters do become flatter mm-hmm. and they kind of just fit into the oh i'm the I, i'm the weirdo that nobody likes right. and then i do the thing and now everybody likes me yeah and it's it, it and which is a huge formula yeah but it it the characters you know the actual character is removed and half, half of that is 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 the you know just you know the studio production and the other half of it is you know in my opinion there's a, a, a lot of the you know the actors just aren't as interesting that's a good point. i think that's a i was gonna say that as you were talking i had that thought i mean i think a lot of it is acting has changed so much in cinema and television mm-hmm. in that there there is you know a general direction i always hear is you know make it smaller you know, and yeah. that just means flatten it out so you're easier to edit around. I think that's right. what it comes mm-hmm. down to. It's just quicker and easier if the performance is flatter. Um, and I think you you made an interesting point about John Hughes in in your own sort of devil's advocate thing. If you remove John Hughes from the eighties, I mean, I think a lot of that is an auteur thing. And if you remove him, I mean, Savage Steve Holland. I loved his movies. I was more of a John Cusack, Savage Steve Holland guy than a Hughes guy. I mean, honestly, for me, the John Hughes movies, most of them, Ferris Bueller, I loved when it came out. Um, and Weird Science, I dug, you know, because it was so goofy. Um, but the big one, 16 Candles and Breakfast Club, I wasn't a, a big fan of it all because I, 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 me as a person, I didn't quite relate to the archetype right. characters. Yeah. There was none that I felt like, I, I felt like I was forced to relate to Anthony Michael Hall. So I've got to be that geek, but I was never that door. I was certainly dorky, yeah. but I was never 
that dorky. I wasn't in the physics club and all that shit. I mean, and there and, were and people the who were that, like that. And the chess club. And the physics club. Yeah. Phys, phys, physics club. But, uh, you know, all I'm saying is it, 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 a lot of it, it... Savage Steve Holland's interesting because he wrote... Um, his his first movie, Better Off Dead, it, it was written, uh, this is his story, it was written as a drama. Hmm. And then uh, w- when he presented it to people, they thought it was hilarious. So he just punched up the jokes it was and, a, turned it, it into, and turned it into, you know, a satire. Yeah, because he had a kid trying to kill himself constantly. Yeah. Right. And he, he <laughs> like, for him, that this is my childhood, but people were thinking it was Funny. hilarious. So yeah. they, he just punched up the jokes. Frosh which, bread. <laughs> Frosh dressing. Yeah. I mean, those movies are so fucking hysterical. Oh, it's, it's, the drawings, the paper boy, the skiing. Uh, uh, you have the, the, the silent fat kid and his really loud mother. Right. Uh, you had the... You had the also, 80s movies tended to have, they allowed themselves a really wide palette in storytelling. They allowed themselves to go to unrealistic places. You know, there's, in Better Off Ted, it, uh, Better Off Dead, it's his, his, his mind goes into these, these animation yeah, drawings yeah, yeah. The come cartoon, alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, the burger that he's flipping right, has yeah, a song yeah. and dance number. Uh, the gelatin uh, desserts. Yeah, they weren't afraid. They weren't away. afraid to throw in Zucker Brothers jokes in a movie that's not necessarily pure parody. Right. Well, yeah. and and John Hughes, it's wall to wall goofy sound design. There's yeah. goofy yeah. sound design for every character. There's weird music. There's silly noises. And that's like, I mean that's like something like a studio backed like teen comedy would never allow that. No, not today. Mm. Um, because it has to make it, it's like you said, it has to be flat enough to be acceptable to yeah. as many people as possible. Yeah, and you brought up American Pie, and, and, I, and I was excited about American Pie when it first came out because the the, the marketing was, is, is this homage to the 80s sex yeah. comedy? And they brought up Porky's and Animal House a lot. And, and, you know, and Porky's I loved when I was, you know, eight. It's a horrible And I movie. wasn't supposed to see it. Yeah, yeah but, but this was, yeah. it was exciting because there were titties and yeah. you were going to get to see titties. That's, it was just all anticipation. And Animal House is, you know, a genuinely great movie. But I was excited to see, you know, that kind of raunch in 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 a movie coupled with smart comedy. Mm-hmm. At least in the in the you know in Animal House, it's smart and stupid at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. But but American Pie never reaches even the heights of their gratuitous nudity. Right. I mean, it does. It it's a a guy fucks a pie, and then a girl talks about you know fucking her clarinet or whatever. Well, and you did. You you had you had fucking you had Chris Klein as your as your you know one of your main leads. You had uh, Scott Everett. What's it? Fucking William Scott. John William Scott. Scott. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, those are your those are your guys. And yeah, and they're 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 pretty flat, but they're yeah, yeah, they're very flat performers. They're not you know like Sean William Scott. The only thing I ever liked him in was uh, what was the role models. Role models. Yeah, he's the only time. I've ever thought he was funny. So I don't know. I mean, the debate continues. Eighties movies were they actually better? Or was it just John Hughes? I, well, I, I've got a couple of examples of movies that you actually didn't bring up that I really loved. Um, Valley Girl, yeah, was an oh, 80s yeah. movie. It's very weird. Weird, and it movie. was. And mm-hmm. and when I saw it at the time, that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Is for me a lot of like I did not like Breakfast Club when I saw it the first time. I did not like it. Now I like it. And the same thing sort of with 16 Candles. Right. And there were Hughes movies that I did love at the time, but like like new wave music I hated back then, but now I listen to it, I'm kind of like, oh, that's, yeah. that's nice. And Valley Girl was rife with it. Yeah, and, yeah, and Valley Girl, when I saw it, when I, I just didn't understand it. Right. And now I think it's really funny and a good yeah. movie. And then another movie that nobody ever talks about from the 80s that I loved was Three O'Clock High. Three O'Clock High is great. Oh, yeah, it's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then Night of the Comet, Night which is Com- uh, 80s teen comedy with zombies. Right. That's, you know, yeah. that's awesome. So, I mean, those, there were those, in addition to the mainstream stuff, there were these like weird offshoots that don't, that don't, that does not happen. I think possibly there was now. still the, the holdover from the 70s of the, the auteur and studios giving yeah. the auteur yeah. a, little a little bit more, of, Yeah, more freedom. It, at least on the B level, yeah, which I think yeah. Valley yeah. High and Night of the Comet definitely Certainly. were. Yeah. Because, um, because today, I mean, the only, the only time you get anything, clo- you know, getting close to something like, you know, old and goofy like that is, when it goes under the radar, like a like a sex drive. Um, you yeah, know, I love sex which, drive. But but the, but the but the the unrated director's cut. Yeah, which is just full of nonsense. You know, the the other thing we you can't discount is is the the strong writing, and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll look at that a little bit later. All right. Um. Anyway, eighties movies. So the next segment, table. This is movie jail. Oh my god, movie jail! Where we put film professionals into movie jail for crimes against cinema. <laughs> we put them into the De Niro Federal Penitentiary. Where they sit with Robert De Niro. And uh, this week, uh, Todd Robert Anderson is going to put uh, someone on trial. And we will have to vote. Uh, and they'll have to vote unanimously. And they will go into jail. And they'll stay there until they do well, something good. Well, we don't know if they'll go into jail. Yeah, I don't, don't know. know. We'll Let's find see. out. Now, Todd, okay. who's on trial? Now, I gave this a lot of thought, okay? Because, and I was thinking, is this is supposed to go along with the theme. We never really discussed it. But I assume we're trying to make this the going along with the main theme. Okay, good. So you had mentioned you threw out Cusack as an example. I did. And uh, I, I think that's a fine example, uh, but I wouldn't put him in jail because he's made enough like fun junk that I've enjoyed, like 2012 uh-huh. and a Hot Tub Time Machine I really like. That's true. So he does this, you know, must love dogs shit that I can't <laughs> He's stand. on probation. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah, he, but he could, he like waffles in and out of interesting. Okay, okay, and then as, I, as long as he meets with his parole officer, I, it's fine. I, I, I asked, <laughs> and, and, and his pee is clean. <laughs> I asked my wife. I said. I don't know who to put in movie jail who was like a teen idol in the 80s and now is like and always still working. And she goes, oh, Rob Lowe, because he's creepy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but he's really more of a TV guy. So I don't want to, you know, yeah. I don't know if we can put him in movie And he's on jail. Parks and Rec, which, which immediately has a lot of cred. Yeah, exactly. Cred. So, yeah. And, and he's more of a TV guy now. So I'll, we'll leave him alone. And he's he really is. good. And he does play creepy he's in funny. the movie. So he's doing he community creepy. service, basically. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of funny. So, okay. So here's my thing. So... There's Robert De Niro's in maximum security, which means he he's like serving a life sentence. He can't get out to ever. He's in solitary. Twenty four hour lockdown. He can't oh, lockdown. ever get out to disappoint. <laughs> he's like again. he's like hurricane. He's like <laughs> talking to the walls. He's he, then, he gets one hour a day out out to for for exercise yeah, and a shower. He has to break out basically <laughs> at this point. And then there's like there's there's like a minimum security, right? Okay. You know, with with a guy who you're not sure about, maybe you'll put him out on furlough on your own eventually. And then there's like a drunk tank. Okay. You know, before. Right. So the guy I could only come up with, it's Robert Downey Jr., but I don't want to put him in Uh maximum security. And minimum security seems a little too harsh. So I want to put him in the drunk tank. And it's not a cheap Ricky Gervais joke, but it's because Iron Man 2 is so self-indulgent. And his performances are going that way with Sherlock Holmes and this. Uh, with this like self-indulgent, smarmy, I'm awesome thing. And in Iron Man 2, it's just so dull. And Iron Man, for me, already was meandering and kind of dull. It was like about a guy putting together a robot suit. And really, Robert Downey's kind of charm elevated that movie. But in Iron Man 2, for me, it just like flatlined out. 
So I'm concerned, and with Sherlock Holmes, I, I kind of like Sherlock Holmes for what it was, but now there's Sherlock Holmes too, and I feel like he's going in a certain direction, so I want to put him in the drunk tank for a couple of nights so he can think Just about to it. dry him out. Yeah, dry him out a little bit. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, and also, and this isn't a, you know, I don't, but what he said, you know, his whininess about Gervais making, and Gervais's shots are cheap and not funny, uh, but that's just because they're they're old and not funny, and there's stuff to make fun of with Robert Downey Jr. But his whininess concerns me that he thinks that his Iron Man two is awesome. So I'm just I want to put him in there so he can think about where he's at, All right. and maybe humble mm. himself down a little bit so he can come out and do the Robert Downey stuff that I love again. But we we'll keep him away from De Niro because De Niro will bite his dick off. No, yeah, don't put him. No, 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 no we no. can't have an. No, De Niro. De Niro can't have contact with other. Uh, inmates. All right. Well, so this is weird. So we're starting off with with a sort of a semi, but but um, okay. But we have a drunk tank, and uh, it's yeah. really we're determining whether whether uh, Robert Downey Jr. should be allowed to make bail. I mean, it, it's amazing that that, that like, What are we setting his bail at? Down, Downey Jr.'s <laughs> third act or fourth act or whatever he's in the middle of right now is pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable that he has not uh, uh, completely fallen off the wagon because he's been fucking... People have been licking his dick for, what, like five years straight now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I think what your your point is, you're starting to see some of that I'm starting constant to, yeah. dick licking, that... Yeah. that detachment from reality again that has always been his hallmark and helps fuel his his really weird performances but it seems like he's he's cashing a paycheck too much now. a little bit he's becoming like too like just he's too, too much franchise of a movie happy. star he's too yeah. franchise yeah. happy all right uh i vote i i vote i too he need I, he needs a he just needs a all right Dan, just just a, Oh my god! Just a that's weekend. a loud drunk tank door. He's in the drunk tank. That's like the that's like the war games door. <laughs> yeah, that was All scary. right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for. Yes, that's right. It's the Nick Cage Memorial Bizarre Line Reading. <laughs> Where each each podcast, we bring up a bizarre line reading that we add to the the book of other Nick Cage weird line readings. Not all Nick Cage, just he's the godfather of that them. That soundbite will probably make me laugh that yeah. hard every time I hear it. And, uh, I'm and, glad I didn't choose that. And yeah. Skelton chose, uh, since it's the it's, Nick Cage Memorial. It's, a cla- it's the classic. Um, it's what you know, what you love, what you want, what you'd be disappointed not to hear for the first one. And, may I add, relatively new. So this is someone who you could have picked millions of other sound clips from the past. Oh, yes, I had a, I had an endless uh, thirty library. years, yeah. and this is from about two and a half years yeah, ago. But it's classic. Oh, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! Yeah! <laughs> That's so good. My favorite part about that yeah. is how, like, he clearly didn't, like, he just didn't care what he was doing so much that he didn't even bother to to talk to say, you know what? Can we cut the part where I just say my eyes, my eyes? That's such a Polonius moment. It's the great, no, the great thing about that. He actually says, "Oh no, my eyes," as if that's a new. He didn't suspect yeah. they may go for his eyes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no, no, my eyes. Oh. Bees like eyes. Bees like eyes. They eat my 
guys are hunting. And then the, the, the very end here. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he uh, shot. Uh, it's so good. He, he uh, did that. Yeah. It's he so read good. that. Neil LeBute said action, which is another thing. Neil LeBute, mm, he should be. Uh, <laughs> he should be getting buggered by De Niro right about now. <laughs> but uh, and he did that. I, I just God bless him. God bless Nick Cage. Yeah, this is the snake. All Thank right, everybody, you. we're gonna move along here, um, and uh, we're moving to our next segment. This TV's Todd Robert Anderson discusses straight-to-DVD movies in Tom Slingdog's DVD Corner. <laughs> Tom! Uh, Alright, um, so st- with teen comedies, and I was uh, thinking, you know, about the 80s and the teen comedies, and uh, straight-to-video teen comedies... Uh, I didn't have a lot of time to really I crammed for this bullshit. So I didn't have a lot of time to figure it out and as far as I could tell the the only straight to video teen comedies that weren't tweener movies that were produced by Nickelodeon were uh Bring It On sequels and <laughs> and American Pie Presents uh, uh, uh movies. Yeah. And uh, and and I debated and here's why. Well, the National Lampoon series also. There's the National yeah. Lampoon, that's true, that's true. Um uh, but I debated I was debating American between Pie Bring presents, It On, bring it on. And American Pie Presents, and I and I really what I wanted to watch was an American Pie Presents because it's R rated, but I didn't know if I should because you know I did a movie with uh, Craig Perry who produced American Pie, and I was like, well, uh, and he's a really cool guy. I, I like him a lot. He's very funny, and I was like, uh, do I want to bite a hand that fed me? But it hasn't fed me in like ten years, so fuck that guy. <laughs> So uh, I watched, uh, and so I looked at the American Pie oeuvre of American Pie there? Presents. There's four of them. Jesus. Three of which are that streaming. Three of which are streaming on, on Netflix. Um, so I, I decided on the most recent one that I could stream on Netflix, which is, there's a more recent one that came well, out. Well, the most on recent one must DVD. be the best because they worked all the bugs out. Right. <laughs> so it's a, American Pie Presents Beta House. And I think it's very funny that a movie... Is it movie, about fighting fish? Yes. <laughs> it's about fighting fish. It's really dull. I green like that It's strangely dull. Uh, I, first of all, I think it's awesome that a movie can present another movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really huge. <laughs> it truly is the future. Do they get producer credit? The movie? <laughs> I don't... Uh, yeah, I think it's, a, it's just a, produced by American Pie. I don't know how it works. It's just a DVD sitting in the director's chair <laughs> by Video Village. <laughs> Interfering with the production. Can we bring you coffee, Mr. American Pie? So... So this is what I'll say. So I fully expected to sit down. Well, and truth be told, it was on my exercise bike exercising as I watched this thing. So I was watching it in the morning. It's this morning. It was a long time ago. And I'm glad I took notes because I can't really remember a lot about it. But so this movie um, actually makes good on the promise of the original American Pie in that it truly is uh, an homage to Animal House and Porky's. it, 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 and Revenge of the Nerds. It's actually the 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 plot is essentially there's the Beta House, which is like the animal, the slobs. Mm. But instead of snobby jocks, they have nerds. So the nerds are the bad guys this time around wow. because the nerds, all twist. the hot chicks go to the nerds frat house because what? they know the nerds are gonna make all the fucking money. So right, because that's how college works. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. how college works. Yeah. But well, this is a very progressive for thing. So that's the whole that's that's the whole plot in that in a nutshell. What's good mm-hmm. about this movie is 
it the first act is wall to wall titty. Uh, I mean, it's constant na- naked breasts. I was like, just called an American like, Pie this presents wall to wall titty. This is essentially softcore pornography. Uh, okay, <laughs> and then it gets to the end of the first act, and and they inter- they finally introduce like the soulful romance, and I was like, oh, now the boobs are gonna stop. No, the boobs just <laughs> kept going. Nice. And then uh, the second act was more boobs, and then they added the uh, requisite American Pie gross out jokes. So there's lots of throwing up. It's like tits and throwing up. It's not unlike modern hardcore pornography on the internet. Like it's the just, cool guys vomiting on DJ Qualls, it, it, basically. Yeah, it's just like, vom- <laughs> like guys vomiting on girls and girls vomiting on sure. guys. And girls shirts and then there's coming like, off and there, then vomiting. There's just a wonderful scene where a guy is uh, has got gets a terrible burn on his inner thigh and his uh, you know not quite girlfriend puts some salve on sure, it. Uh-huh. And nice. he gets oh, so yes. turned on he gets a boner. And then... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. And then does he jizz? He jizz, He falls right. backwards okay, and good. jizzes, and they do an awesome slow mo of the jizz coming out and flying past the girl's face, and then it lands on her teddy bear, and then she screams, and that's you know one of the gross out jokes. And then there's Jizzy midgets, bear. bear facials, and that that was one that I, that bear was the scene itself was genuinely funny in a you know really depraved sort of way. And then there's jokes that fall flat and they're trying too hard. There's midgets mm. and cheap fucking and all this stuff that was just like what but the boobs just keep coming they don't let up so it's you know it's okay and then the other thing you have to have in an american pie movie is eugene levy shows up oh god really and he's not to say he's Uh... phoning it in is not fair because mostly what he's doing is looking confused (laughs) and a little bit concerned about what he's doing because it's so misogynistic and so exploitative, and it yeah. is it is one hundred percent softcore porn. I mean, the 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 climax of the film involves a squirting sequence. Do you feel that Eugene Levy was tied into every sequel, like mandated, or do they just keep throwing more and more money at it? I was it? like, yo, there's no way they'll ever do a hundred of these. Yeah. Sure, I'll sign. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe I don't know exactly what happened, but it, it's. It, if they just say, we're going to give you your quote for three days of work, because he's barely in the movie. Yeah. He like runs these Greek games, which is the exact same Ugh. climax as Revenge of the Nerds. Um, but um, as, as bad as it sounds, I was pretty entertained by the whole thing. What I'm, I'm, I'm... I, I would, I, if you do use it as sort of foreplay to watching actual hardcore pornography, <laughs> what I'd recommend... <laughs> right. Well, no... <laughs> if you're gonna use it as foreplay, just you gotta, and you want to watch the whole film, you should sit through the whole thing before you go jack off to real porn, because I, I have a feeling the movie's less interesting if you're not still in some sort of state of sexual frustration. That's a lot of prep work for yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, giving you tips. But ah, uh, you know, all in all, I was surprised at how entertained I was. It, it, but that's because it's so inappropriate at every turn. So that's uh, that's the what seventh in the American Pie. Um, that that was fourth the, American Pie presents. The, it's the third American Pie presents. Okay. There's one more that There's you Band Camp. There's Band Camp. Yeah, and then, and then there was like Fuck uh, Toys, and then Beta House, and then and Cop yeah. Gobblers. I don't know if they got Eugene Levy. I, I think that's what it's called. Then, I don't I know if we can get you American <laughs> Pie presents. Eugene Levy might be in this. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know. American but Pie presents pie tits. If uh, if you like, you know, tits, you should see this film. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. Um, so that was thanks, Todd. Thanks for that recommendation. Well, yeah, sort of recommendation. Yeah. American Buy presents Beta House. It was, it was oh. well qualified. A really What's trashy this? thumbs up. Oh, you know what that sound means. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> no it's the first time I've heard it. I didn't it. tell you. <laughs> it's time for trivia. Oh! This is where I ask them questions they're completely unprepared for, and the uh, winner gets nothing. <laughs> so since our theme is 80s uh, comedies, uh, we will talk about that. That will be the question. So there's 10 questions. You guys uh, at home or driving in your car, play along. Number one. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Just, if, you're, just, if you're playing in your car, if you know the answer, just honk your horn. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a girl, show a boob. Yeah, show your boobs. Boob. Uh, number one. In National Lampoon's Vacation, what did the Griswolds call their ugly green station wagon? The family truckster. Uh, yeah. That's right. What brand and color of underwear is Marty wearing in Back to the Future? Calvin Klein. Color. Oh, shit. Purple? Black. Yes. Ah. You guys combined on that. The main street in Back to the Future is also the main street in what 80s movie? The main street in Back to the Future is also the main street. Gremlins? Yes. Oh, the chairman. What were the Ghostbusters names? Vakeman. Vakeman. Uh, Skeleton started. Go for it. See if you can finish. Oh, uh, shit. It's uh, Vakeman, Egon, and Stance. Ray Stance. Fourth. Oh, Ernie uh, Hudson. Uh, Hudson, yeah. What's his... Uh, what <laughs> what you say? That's the actor's name. What? That's the What's the character's name? Ernie the Hudson's the actor. Oh, <laughs> oh sh- uh, uh... Todd, you know? Yeah, do you know? Help, help me out. Winston Zedmore. Winston Zedmore, shit! <sighs> what famous actors played Spicoli's sidekicks in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Two of them. Uh, 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 Eric oh. Stoltz. Yes. And, uh, uh, I don't know. I Nick, Nick Cage or somebody? Anthony Edwards. Edwards. Anthony we Edwards. Are right. here. And Gotcha, another good 80s. Gotcha! Oh, gotcha. In, uh, in, in, the, dude, was, was Miracle Mile 80s or 90s? Because I fucking love that. This is that for the ladies. Anthony in Dirty Edwards. Dancing, what was Baby's real name? Skeleton, you played uh, Baby in our film, yeah, in our yeah. stage And production. everyone just called me Baby. <laughs> Francis. Francis. What frat do Lewis and Gilbert join in Revenge of the Nerds? Lambda, oh, Lambda, 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 Lambda. By what alias does Ferris Bueller get into Shea Luis? Oh, oh, Abe Roman, the Sausage King of Chicago. Oh my god, nice. What was the name of Judge Smale's grandson in the movie Caddyshack? Spalding. And what Cheers actor was in Empire Strikes Back? John Ratzenberger. Oh, oh yes! Oh, my God! Oh, no, no, in fact. That's right. Nice with their ass. Well done. Well done. So, uh, at this point, we were going to do a reading from The Breakfast Club, but we're running out of time. I now, say we go. Now, I say we do it. Now you're just, now you're just disappointing us. We, we got to do it. We so, do it. this is basically to show uh, the, the script of The Breakfast Club, whether Todd liked it or not, is so strong and so sharp and so funny. We're going to do a quick reading. This is from... Uh, I will be playing Bender. Todd will be playing... Brian and Skelton, Claire <laughs> and and Andrew. S- sadly, I'm the one who's more emasculated here. This is near the beginning of the movie, <laughs> page ten. Right. Skelton, you know why you got? You know why guys like you knock everything? Oh, this should be stunning. It's because you're afraid. Oh God, you riches are so smart. That's exactly why I'm not heavy in activities. You're a big coward. I'm in the math club. See, you're afraid that they won't take you. You don't belong, so you just have to dump all over it. Well, I wouldn't have any. It wouldn't have anything to do with you activities people being assholes, now, would it? Well, you wouldn't know. You don't even know any of us. Well, I don't know any lepers either, but I'm not going to run out and join one of their fucking clubs. Hey, let's watch the mouth, huh? I'm Andrew now. I'm in the physics club too. Uh, excuse me a second. 
Uh, what are you babbling about? Well, uh, what I said was I'm in the math club, the Latin club, and the physics club. Physics club. Hey, Cherry, do you belong to the physics club? That's an academic club. So? So, academic clubs aren't the same as other kinds of clubs. Oh, but to dorks like him, they are. Uh, what do you guys do in your club? In physics, um, we, uh, we talk about physics, about properties of physics. So it's sort of social, demented and sad, but social, right? Yeah, well, I guess you could consider it a social situation. I mean, there are other children in my club, and uh, at the end of the year, we have, um, you know, a big banquet at the uh, at the Hilton. You load up, you party. Well, no, we get dressed up. I mean, but we don't uh, we don't get high. Only burners like you get high. And uh, I I didn't have any shoes, so I had to borrow my dad's. It was kind of weird because my mom doesn't like to wear other people's shoes, and uh, my cousin Kent. My cousin Kendall from uh, Indiana, he got high once, and you know he started eating like really weird foods, and uh, and then he just felt like he didn't belong anywhere, you know, kind of like you know Twilight Zone kind of. Sounds like you. Look, you guys gonna keep up your talking, and you guys keep up your talking, and Vernon's gonna come right in here. I gotta meet this Saturday. I'm not gonna miss it on account of you boneheads. Oh, and wouldn't that be a bite? Oh, missing the whole wrestling meet. Well, you wouldn't know anything about it, faggot. You never competed in your whole life. Oh, I know. I feel all empty inside because of it. I have such a deep admiration for guys that roll around on the floor with other guys. Ugh, you'd never miss it. You don't have any goals. Oh, but I do. Yeah? I want to be just like you. I figure all I need is a lobotomy and some tights. You wear tights? No, I don't wear tights. I wear the required uniform. Tights? Shut up! <laughs> well done! Alright, <laughs> that was an awesome cold read. You know what's kind of funny? What this uh, reminded me a little bit of, the snappy dialogue, and uh, uh, was uh, Social Network for a second. The 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 dialogue, the quick uh, I haven't the seen quick Oh, you really haven't? I no, haven't. actually, I, haven't I have the screener it. at home. Hey, Actually, let me but ask I'm you concerned this, about those. Could y'all tell when I was when I was Claire and when I was? Andrew? Oh, completely. I I, I I was. Let me let me I ask you this. Totally let me ask you this yeah. because I mean, first of all, I think that our cold read was probably just as good as any of their auditions. Probably good. Yeah. I, I, I just want to say that. But here's my question, because you know the Anthony Michael Hall, the the Brian dialogue is so wonderfully you know stuttery. You know, yeah. confused yeah. and, and insecure. <laughs> that monologue about yeah, it's so it's so good. <laughs> so yeah. sad. So here's my question: Is is that did John Hughes write that shit, or did Anthony Michael Hall? The, you know, is it is this version of the script taken just directly from the movie? From you know, from what I could tell from the reliable internet sources that I found, this was the shooting script. Wow. Now who knows? I mean, it could have been. You know, a lot of times online you'll find a. Uh, uh, Actually, just like a transposition of mm. the uh, transcription of the script. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, okay. And I mean, just, I mean, but, I, but is, I think so. If, because if it is the, the shooting script, though, I mean, it's it's the rhythm is so it, it, great it's, and it's unique great to the writing, characters. But yeah. beyond that, I mean, especially in the case of Anthony Michael Hall, his if if he was delivering this verbatim without any improvisation yeah. whatsoever, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it'd still be great. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Either way, it's a, yeah. it's really yeah, strong. It's it's amazing. Just, it's a really, really strong script, a really good, and and still kind of resonates today. Uh, up next, uh, uh, last couple segments. This is the bottom five, <laughs> where the host of of that week's episode uh, has a bottom five list as opposed to a top ten five list because we are 
horrible, horrible, cynical people. <laughs> and since it's Oscar uh, nomination week, these are the worst five movies I saw in 2010. <laughs> in, in no particular order. Shutter Island. <laughs> oh, Awful. That's up for Razzies, isn't it? It should be. Uh, I don't know, actually. It, cool. should, it should be up for burning. Clint Eastwood's uh, dreary meditation on religion and the afterlife hereafter. I did oh, not I didn't, see that. I didn't even film. see that. Because I'm not a <sighs> fool. Uh... <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, this, well, this you're going to call me even worse. Morning Glory. Oh, no. Why? Yeah, but you Why? thought it was Morning Glory uh, Hole. You just thought play, it was a completely different. Just, just play the bees. You again. thought it was porn. You thought it was not gay the porn. Bees. <laughs> not and not the, the bees. bees. Number four is uh, the the grossly overrated uh, Lena Dunham's uh, Tiny Furniture, which is a uh, very very boring little indie talky mumblecore movie and now she has a Judd Apatow produced uh, order for a series at HBO so we'll get to see her um, when do you think do Judd Apatow is going to call us and uh, offer us a show the minute we stop shitting on the people he likes <laughs> oh yeah it's tricky yeah oh, what is that what is that what is that oh no not the bees not the bees ah oh, I'm my eyes Oh, I'll do a show about me. Neil LeBute. And uh, number one, uh, the movie that we stayed for about 12 minutes of and then got oh. our money successfully oh, back. Oh, day. Today. I still have my voucher. Todd, oh, my God. I didn't even bring that up for the Robert Downey in prison. That. that that's there, a yeah. movie. Oh. The 12 well, minutes we, we saw of Todd Phillips' follow-up to The Hangover uh, was uh, pretty horrible. Which, and, and this, and which was disappointing because we liked The Hangover. Like, it was fun. Yeah. So... Um, so now, uh, to counter that, as a, as a sorbet, if you will. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I will. Mm, delicious. <laughs> a moment of positivity. Mm. And uh, just to leave with a nice flavor, um, uh, th this week's moment of positivity is for John Hawks, an actor that yeah. we know, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Winner's Bone. Yes. Uh, he's been around forever. He's been killed in every movie from <laughs> Perfect Storm to I Still Know What You Did Last Summer to Identity to From Dust Till Dawn. He's always has a little five minute cameo and then has a horrible grisly death. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, it's just really nice to see him not only uh, finally get a really meaty good role. He's completely wasted in Deadwood. Um but uh, to get not uh, in the first number of episodes, not in the first yeah, number, but, but, but he, over but, yeah. the series, he got, he got left. Yeah. He got left yeah. in the. Um, background. But to see him uh, get wide acclaim, I mean, he's wasted and he's founded down as well, pretty much cut out of the second season, uh, and it's just really nice to see him get get a recognition, whether he wins or not. Um, it, it's great, and he's one of the genuinely, genuinely hardworking, nice guys, and rarely do veteran character actors get nominated. Um, That's after true. Toiling yeah. for years, it's usually you yeah. know. Uh, new flash in the pans or or famous leading actors, you know, putting on prosthetics or a retard voice. They and, had somebody last both, year, though, too. The, or children. Richard uh, uh, Jenny, Jenkins. 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 Yeah, Jenkins, Jenkins, yeah. Jenkins, is, Jenkins yeah. is another. Yeah. So so maybe they're wising up. Um, and uh, that's my moment of positivity. So uh, there you go, everybody. That's the first Film Page podcast. Yay! We'd like to, first of all, think... Uh, thank uh, Adam Blau, who provided us with all our beautiful, beautiful music. Thank you, Adam Blau! He's a very talented uh, film composer, and he let us use some of his uh, old uh, retired uh, beds and bits for other shows. 
so again, I'm the, uh, we're the Film Pigs. I'm Stephen Fogg. I'm Stephen Skelton. I'm television's Todd Robert Anderson. And we will be back in about uh, two weeks to discuss more movies and more things. <laughs> and do more cold readings. Because <laughs> that's what people really want. And, uh, and yeah, there you go. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! I love my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> not everybody. Ah, <laughs> oh, bees. Uh.